Welcome to the weekly Unpacking It Facebook Live podcast, where we unpack the very latest in sports, faith, and life. Now, from Charlotte, North Carolina, from his mouth to your ears, here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It Live podcast. I'm Bryce Johnson. For the next hour, we will unpack sports, faith, and life with the Unpacking It community of sports fans. Thanks to everybody listening on Facebook Live, YouTube Live, those that listen later on the podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio app. Be sure to check out our devotional, Unpack This. You can subscribe on unpackingit.com. We've got a big show today because a topic that I am very passionate about has, has popped up recently. It's gaining steam. That is the college football playoff expansion. Yes, I love it. I will explain more later. We will get Luke's uh, thoughts. He's with us today, Luke Heaton. Uh, We'll also hear from Henry later today during our our tap drill segment. We've got some fun topics to to bounce around uh, a little bit later with him. Uh, We will also talk NBA playoffs. What's up with the blowouts? What's up with the sweep? But we're also seeing some very impressive storylines, some very impressive performances, and 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 I've enjoyed the playoffs so far. So we'll get into a lot of that uh, as well. I also had quite the day at the pool, and I've got some questions. I've got some thoughts. I, I need some some input and some reaction from you as a listener. So we'll we'll bring that up in just a little bit. Before we do all that, let me ask you this: Do you need to get your own health insurance? Well, go to healthmarketgenius.com. Know your options, healthmarketgenius.com. Support them as they support us. Today's Unpack This topic will be about Dak Prescott and some comments he made about getting over his injury. So, of course, he injured his ankle last year, and he had some just a, a great quote uh, that I want to unpack and how that relates to our own lives today. Let's say good morning to Luke Heaton. Luke, how are you? What was the highlight from the weekend? Highlight from the weekend was I'm becoming more of a reader. This is big news. So the the difficult thing is I read an unbelievable amount during the semester Mm. as I'm a seminary student. And then my natural instinct once the semester is over, taking a little summer break, was, all right, I'm going to pump the brakes a little bit. But I forgot. Man, I want to do some just personal reading outside of now school reading isn't normal textbooks. They're still great books, but I want to do more fun reading. And this weekend, I was reading. I was during commercials, NBA playoffs. Oh. I'm grabbing my book. Are we talking about fiction? Are we talking about comic it, books? What are what are we reading? <laughs> comic books? Hey, <laughs> did you ever did you ever own a comic book? I was never a comic guy. No, me neither. Never I, a comic I, guy. Yeah, I never. I, I'm always shocked that people. Are like, yeah, I got a thousand comic books. What? What? What do you mean? I don't even know what that is. I know, and I, and I just got. I just watched all the Marvel movies, but so I'm getting into reading. It, it's more like it was a. It's a Christian book, um, Christian worldview book that I, that I've enjoyed. And my my wife Madeline, she got got a Kindle from her grandmother, so she's been a machine reading. <laughs> Wait, let so, that soak in for a second. A Kindle from your grandmother, one that she no longer wants to use. Her she's grandmother moved on to better technology. She's moved past the Kindle onto something else. Get this: her grandmother had four Kindles. Oh my goodness! So here's the thing: how on earth do you have four Kindles? That's just amazing. You you need one. So she somehow I think people just kept gifting room. people just kept gifting her Kindles. So now Madeline has one. It's awesome. Uh, two more highlights. One today's three months of being a married man. So happy uh, three to months to my wife. Exciting about that. And we went to a movie this weekend. We were in theaters. It feels like it's been an eternity since then. We got the popcorn. I got myself a Dr. Pepper. It was the recliner seats, which is a must. Got to have the recliner seats. So that was really fun to be back in theaters. Good for you. So what would you see? Uh, We saw A Quiet Place 2. 
Oh, I never saw the first one. Jody did, but I, so, I, I missed that one. I never saw the first one either, but I was with oh. a group of friends and they were talking about the first one. So I, I did the thing where, oh, I don't think they know I haven't seen it. So totally played along, acted uh, like, was just kind of feeding off them. And they were like, oh, I really like this part. Oh, yeah, that part was really good. Because I didn't want to be the guy that was like, hey, I haven't seen it. So didn't see the first, uh, read about it, saw the second one. So that was really fun. And maybe the best part of the weekend was watching you in a news interview. Because <laughs> if you have not seen this, go to... Oh, no. <laughs> we might have to just post it on an on Unpacking It Facebook page. It, I think I posted it on my personal it is, page. It is unbelievable. I'll let you explain it because it is one of... It was, a, it was definitely a highlight of my weekend watching this news interview you were a part of. Uh, so, all right, we're all excited about Man Up Charlotte. It's coming up this Saturday. So if you haven't registered yet, make sure you do that, manupcharlotte.org. And so I'm so excited, passionate about this conference. The, the local TV station in, invited me on to, to be on their morning show. And, and so it was great. And, and you, have to, you have to understand this. My background is in radio. So I have a face for radio. I, I have the voice for radio. That's, that's my background. So the TV game, even when I was in college, like I, I always lean toward the radio side of things. And so now we live in the podcast world. So we're all in on the podcast. And just this year, I finally came around to putting the podcast on video. So here we are. We're doing this live. You can watch it on, on Facebook and YouTube. And, and so you can see me. So it's different. So anyway, so here I am, you know, the inexperienced TV guy. <laughs> and, and I go on to promote Man Up Charlotte, you know, rally the, the city, get the men, you know, to, to, to be there on, on Saturday. And so the interview is going really well. You know, she, I, I sent her some talking points. She set me up really well. So she allowed yeah. me to really shine and all right, I'm rolling. I'm rolling. Well, then all of a sudden she throws me a curveball, big curveball at the very end. <laughs> and, and, and here was, here's the challenge with it. So she goes, all right, you have 10 seconds. Yeah. As soon as you tell someone that they have 10 seconds, you're done. Because you're like, wait, I can't even process 10 seconds. So now you're like eliminating any kind of answer because you can't get it in in that short amount of time. So she goes, you have 10 seconds. We've been discussing great Father's Day gifts uh, here on the show. What's a great Father's Day gift? Which in many ways is a simple question. But in 10 seconds, yeah. and, I, I, and, I, and so what ended up happening is my response was, uh, 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 and I didn't know what to say. And I said, uh, I, I need a new shirt. I need a new shirt. I mean, who wants a new shirt? That's like, that's like you get in like the you know the, the, the middle of the, the spring or something where you know a, a sad lonely day you go out and buy a shirt. That's not what you want on Father's Day. You want something cool and manly like some some grill utensils or a new TV or a or a a, a new weed whacker or something. <laughs> No, no, no. I, I bought a new shirt. Hey, this is no this is no exaggeration. She goes, I mean, it's true. She was just dishing you fastballs the whole interview. You're ready. You're teeing up. You're you're waiting fastball. Out of nowhere, throws you a 12-6 curveball. 10 seconds. Uh, Father's Day gift. No exaggeration. Uh, 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 I need a new shirt. And poor girl. She I think she played along. She she tossed you maybe a pity laugh, but I think she was uh. like what that did he static. just say? So that was that I sympathize with you because I think most people in that circumstance would have been totally frazzled and you could have said worse things. I could hey, have said worse things, but, but I got to yeah. be better than that. I got to be better than that. That was unacceptable. And here, <laughs> here she actually set me up for what should have been my response. My, my response should have been a registration for man up mm. toilet. Mm. Boom. And then that would have been a home run. All right, we end it. Drop the mic. You set me up perfectly. Father's Day gift. Get your husband a registration for Man Up Charlotte. And I missed it. I missed the opportunity because I said I wanted a new shirt. <laughs> Who needs a new shirt? But now you're, now you're more life. relatable. Now it's not Bryce Johnson, this perfect men's conference aficionado. It's Bryce Johnson. He's one of anyway. us. <laughs> well, I thought that anyway, but yeah, exactly. So there you go. So my, funny. Uh, my, my TV opportunity. So I, I haven't gotten any calls for any other TV opportunities. That, that's for sure. So we'll stick, <laughs> we'll stick to the podcast. So here we go. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's get started with what we're convinced of. And for those of you listening, let us know what you're convinced of following the weekend. 
something in sports, something in life even, what are you convinced of? And I've got to start with the NBA playoffs and specifically the Brooklyn Nets and the Milwaukee Bucks series. Now, I have been off the Nets bandwagon since this team was compiled. Initially with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, I was anti-Nets. Then when they added James Harden, absolutely continued down that path. Uh, I thought the addition of Blake Griffin, good for him. That was fine. Um, But heading into the playoffs, I was a little nervous thinking, you know what? They're so talented. Like, they're going to be hard to beat. But I still don't buy into their defense and chemistry having enough to get to go all the way. And so I'm convinced you don't want to root for injuries in sports. You you know, you don't want to see guys get injured. None of us as fans, even at the teams that we don't like the teams that we root against, we don't want to see that. However, I'm convinced that I'm absolutely thrilled that the nets will not be getting past the bucks and they will not be winning the the national championship, the NBA championship this year, which proves my, my theory and prediction correct in a roundabout way. It's not what you root for. You don't root for the injuries, but the reality is taking shape. There is no way that this team is winning with only Kevin Durant, not against the Bucks team that is complete. They added Drew Holiday. This is a complete Bucks team. They added P.J. Tucker for the toughness. If Giannis stops shooting threes, they'll yeah. be better. Stop shooting the three, Giannis. Just get to the rim. Um, but here's the thing about Kevin Durant. I was listening to an awesome podcast with Mike Wilbon and uh, Richard Jefferson and Channing Fry over the weekend while I was mowing the lawn. And, and Wilbon was talking about his Mount Rushmore and, uh, you know, the greatest players ever. And, and Kevin Durant, like, enters into the conversation. And, and as great as Kevin Durant is, I still don't believe or I'm not convinced that he can carry a team to a championship. That, that he has to be surrounded by a lot of talent. Now, now people will say, oh, well, LeBron has had all this talent and that sort of thing. Yeah, but we have to remember LeBron at many points in his career has carried the Matthew Della Vadovas, the Boogie Gibsons of the world. He took, a, he took his that, that Cleveland team to the finals. Yes. Which yeah. they didn't they had no business being in the finals. No way. Eric Snow and Danielle Marshall. I mean, yeah, Zildrunas, all those guys. Ogalskis, so, hey, his jersey's in the rafters. Gotta love Big Z. So, so I'm convinced that, that Kevin Durant, especially with the way the Nets went all in on their superstars, that he's not, he can't carry this team. So he's not going to get them past the Bucs. The Bucs are too good. The Bucs figured things out the last two games to even the series. You know, the first couple of games, I'm thinking, uh-oh, wow, I look, I look way wrong on, on this prediction. Uh, but now I'm feeling much better, so I'm convinced the Bucks win. I'm also convinced the Bucks will go to the finals at this point because they're better than the Sixers. Uh, I don't think that Atlanta's going to beat the Sixers either. So, uh, hmm. so there you go. That's what I'm convinced of today. I'm going to stay in the NBA, and I'm also going to bring up the Bucks nets game. I'm convinced the NBA is a way better product when they can be more physical. And the this, game three or game four of Bucks nets was the most physical NBA game I have seen in quite some time. None of the cheap touch fouls. The refs were letting them play. There was some serious contact, and it was it was really getting Kevin Durant frazzled. He because no longer are player. Yeah, so there's some body checks. There, all those cheap touch fouls not getting called, and I loved it. It's so good for the NBA product of now it's just, there's such a craft. I will. It's a skill. It's just kind of cheap of the players. They'll kind of, they'll find a way to initiate cheap contact, go to the line, cheap contact, go to the free throw line. Like, no, let's let them play. If you're a great player, find a way to when there's a little contact, a player guarding you still get to your spots, still score rebounding. Let's have some physicality. So it was so refreshing. It was a refreshing dose of physical NBA basketball where the refs were letting them play. And that doesn't happen very often, especially in the regular season. I understand trying to protect players, but I'm still I still find myself aggravated with some of these flagrant one and flagrant two calls. Like, come on, give them a tech or a common foul, but like let's what about let Jokic on uh, ridiculous, campaign. ridiculous. Oh, you didn't like that one? I don't think. No way. That that's a frustration ad- foul. That was he knew they're about to get swept. He was done. Like obviously it's a foul, but come on, flagrant two, Threw ridiculous, ridiculous. So 
let's let these grown men, strong men, let's let them play. Let's allow more physicality. It just it makes the, the product. Playoff. It makes the especially the place. It makes the product better because now and offense. It's already advantage to the offense because these guys, no matter how good you are on defense, you cannot guard the best offensive players. They'll score every time. I don't care how good a defender you are. People say, "Oh my gosh, they, this person needs to guard. This person needs to guard." Okay, how about you try to guard these guys? Impossible. They have mastered offense. So let's let him be more physical instead of giving the offense more advantages. It was just fun basketball. It was like almost the physicality of a, a pick more intense. Yes, yeah, more physicality just, brings more intensity. And in a fan, I'm like, wow. You can go. see their facial expressions. Players are frustrated. It was it was awesome. I, I just I'm convinced it's a way better product. Absolutely. And yeah, I, you know it's interesting with Steve Nash being the coach of the the Nets. When I think back to you know, his days with Phoenix, like that was a really fun team to watch with Amari Stoudemire and Sean Marion, but that was not yeah. a tough team. That was not a physical team and they never won. They never won at all. Um, and so I think it, it does require toughness to get through the playoffs. Definitely. And not, and I agree with you that, that the, the better brand of basketball is a more physical brand. Definitely. Um, and we're not necessarily seeing that in the NFL. We're going away from that as well. And I don't know if yeah. we return to that either. And, and that actually leads us into today's unpack this uh, because it is a dangerous sport, the NFL. And so I want to get into the the injury that Dak Prescott faced last year. Now, we all remember it. You know, it happened in October. Dallas had high hopes last year, as they they have every year. And we'll hear from Luke in a moment, who, who is a Dak Cowboys was fan. Dak was leading the lead, and he was leading the league in passing yards. He was having a great season. Great season. He's a likable guy, even though he, he's with the Cowboys. I think if you're just a fan of the NFL – you, you like and appreciate very likable Prescott. And, and so when he went down, you know, he, he uh, fractured and dislocated his right ankle. And, and so it took, you know, many, many months of, of rehab to, to get back and, and be able to, to return to the practice field, which he recently has been able to do. And so he's out there with his team. And, and so the reality is he still has a ways to go, uh, before the season starts and, and to really you know get back to a hundred percent, but he's, he's getting closer. And, and here's the, the deal. Anytime an NFL player gets injured, any, any athlete gets injured, or even if you and I break something, you know, the physical aspect of it is a, a process of healing, but there's also the mental side that comes with an injury and having to kind of heal mentally and then also move forward mentally after experiencing yeah. that injury. Definitely. And and so, you know, you have to learn to trust your body again. You got to regain the confidence needed to use the part of the body that was injured, use that again. And, and then you also have to overcome the fear of hurting that part of the body again. Uh, and then also, you know, overcoming the the hesitancy to kind of hold back a little bit because because of that fear. And so you're you're a little more timid, a little bit hesitant um, in, in that regard. And, and so for Dak Prescott, you know, you can imagine throughout the rehab process that he was focused on the injury all the time because every day you're going through rehab. So you're thinking about it all the time. Well, now it's time to move on. It, he, and, and he apparently is ready to move on from thinking about and talking about the injury. This is what he said. He said, I've buried the injury. He's talking to the media. Honestly, guys, you know me from the point of practice, from the point of just moving forward and going about my life, I've buried it. I've buried it mentally. And I think you guys and a lot of people around me have to help me and bury it as well as we move forward. And, and so let me just say this first, you know, the, the idea that the media is always going to ask him, hey, how you feeling? How you feeling? How you feeling? Hey, what about that injury? What about that injury? Yeah. Uh, he's ready to move on from that. Mm -hmm. and, and so in regards to our own lives, I love that he used the word buried because I think that, that, you know, that's a strong word. It carries a lot of weight. And, and I think it reveals how serious he is about leaving that injury behind and how ready he is to begin a new season. And, and so for us, the parallel, you know, to this perspective and process when it comes to uh, our own lives is the healing that, that we must experience from our past sins and the different quote unquote injuries that we've experienced. And so, of course, it's hard to forget the pain that we've caused or the pain that someone 
has caused us, uh, especially in regards to sin. But thankfully, because of Jesus, we can encounter healing. Because he died on the cross and was buried, we now have the opportunity to, 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 to rest in that and experience the fact that our past mistakes were also buried with him. And the, our former way of life was buried with him. And so we can embrace his grace and forgiveness and move forward into new life. And so that's the good news. That's incredible news. And so in 2 Corinthians 5.17, uh, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, that is grafted in, joined to him by faith in him as Savior, he is a new creature, a new creature, new creature, gosh, <laughs> creature. What am I saying here? <laughs> What am I, what a little creature, what, what am I doing? You doubled down on it too. I did. I, wait, wait, what? All right, start again. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, this is the amplified version, that is grafted in, joined to him by faith in him as Savior, he is a new creature. <laughs> Reborn and renewed by the Holy Spirit, the old things, the previous moral and spiritual condition have passed away. Behold, new things have come because spiritual awakening brings a new life. And so the challenge for us is to truly move forward and no longer dwell on the past injuries and to keep our mind focused on what's in front of us and focused on truth and focused on what's God, what God is doing in us and through us and, and how he wants us to move forward. And so what, just like kind of Dak, the, the process that he had to go through, you know, we have to learn to trust God and gain the confidence needed to live our lives with him and, and, and for him regardless of our past. You know, so for Dak Prescott, that injury, the reminder of the injury can pop up. And so the, in, the, the reminder of our past mistakes can kind of pop up. And, and so what are we going to do with those thoughts? Are we going to dwell on them and say, oh, I can't believe this or I can't believe that and allow that pain to continue to hold us back and distract us? Or do we rest in the forgiveness and the grace that we've, we've experienced uh, in Christ and the new life that we have in him? And so we've got we've to gain that, that confidence in this in this new life that, that we have. And, and so as we move forward from the previous pain, the sin, the disappointments, we have to bury the negative thoughts. That was the word that, that Dak used, and I love that. We have to bury the negative thoughts that try to drag us down and distract us. And, and so uh, let me just say this too. We don't have to necessarily uh, bury the pain before we've properly healed through Jesus's power and grace. Because I think sometimes, you know, you can think, oh, I'm just burying my feelings or I'm burying the pain. That, that, that's, not, that's not the message for, for, for us today. Uh, the, the message is to embrace the healing process that, that is possible to us through Christ and through the transforming power of his Holy Spirit that, that we can heal from past wounds and sin. Uh, and, and, and so that's, that's the, the, the hope that we have. And so in 1 Peter 2.24, it says, um, he personally, Jesus, carried our sins in his body on the cross, willingly offering himself on it as an altar of sacrifice so that we might die to sin, becoming immune from the penalty and power of sin and live for righteousness. For by his wounds, you who believe have been healed. And so that's the amazing part of this, this parallel too, is that because of Jesus's wounds, we can be healed uh, because of his wounds on the cross. We can be healed from from our wounds, um, and, and also healed from the the, the punishment of, of sin that we we are uh, ultimately we we should we should have to face. But thankfully, because of Jesus, we no longer have to. Um, and so, when we receive His salvation, and and we've gone through the healing process while surrendering our, our new lives in Him, our minds no longer need to dwell on our former injuries. And as it says in Isaiah forty three eighteen, do not call to mind the former things or consider things of the past. And so, of course, we can remember the, the, the past uh, faithfulness of God. We do want to remember that, of course. Uh, and we can allow the, the memories of our old ways uh, to lead us to thankfulness for what God has done for us. And sometimes it is, you know, it, it's, it, there's value in reflecting on, yeah, you know, I did go through that, but God, but God has healed me, but, but God has, has gotten me through. Um, and so, and again, because Jesus was buried on our behalf and our sins or injuries were buried with him, we are able to similarly and confidently echo what Dak Prescott said about his ankle injury, which is this, from the point of just moving forward and going about my life, I've buried it. So our sins have been buried with Christ and we are mm. 
made new uh, in him, and we can rest in that and move forward with confidence because of that truth. So you can unpack that. Luke, Cowboys fan, jump on in. <laughs> yeah, Dak is Dak's awesome. One, he's he's become a, a vocal leader for uh, battling with depression in the NFL, and that's been really encouraging. Um, and, it, and it was awesome. It was they were playing a division rival, the New York Giants, when he went down, and Jason Garrett, former coach, comes and checks on Dak when he's getting yeah. carted off. That was Players awesome. from both teams circling around him. So that was awesome. Dak, Dak's just an awesome guy. Whether you hate hate the Cowboys or not, Dak is objectively a likable guy. Um, but I love your point. It's Dak is not looking – I love what Dak's saying. He's buried the injury and the fact that he's looking forward to bigger and better things. Yes, he's acknowledged the injury, and if and when he finds greater success, he'll probably think back, and yeah, that was a time of adversity I worked through. But now I'm focused on winning yeah. Super Bowl, uh, playing well individually. So in our faith, I always think of Hebrews 12. We are called to run the race marked out for us with perseverance, fixing our eyes on Jesus. And we're not focused on our sin. We're not focused on past loss, past hurt, past addiction. We can certainly acknowledge those things, and those things for a time are a great thing to rally around to move forward. And it's important to remember God's faithfulness. But we're moving towards something. We're running, we're still running the race marked out for us, and our eyes are supposed to be fixed on Jesus. Scripture says the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Like our identity is in Christ. So <clears throat> when we're discipling people, and people have just come to Christ, it's important to tell them your identity is in Jesus. He's your Savior, He is your Lord. Not your past sin, you've been forgiven your past addictions, your past everything you've done wrong. Let's get our eyes off of ourselves and on to the perfection and redemption that is found in Christ Jesus. That doesn't mean that things in the past aren't important. Obviously, they affect us. Obviously, there's sometimes consequences, and they still happened. We remember God's faithfulness, but we move forward. So for example, in my life, losing my dad when I was young, that was a rallying cry that my family rallied around for years. We're grieving, all of that. And I still acknowledge it. A few day, uh, Last week, it was 15 years since losing Gosh. that day. Wow. Uh, we remember my dad. Mm. But that's not our focus. Mm. We remember God's faithfulness, but I'm moving forward. Mm. I'm still Good. focused on still following pain, Christ. Yeah, yeah there's, there's, there's always still lingering pain, uh, still emotions, but... I'm still moving forward. Amen. And in Christ, like we're still running the race with perseverance. That doesn't mean we forget. That doesn't mean we downplay. But that is not where we're headed. We still have to move forward. So in Dak's case, yeah, he doesn't want to always talk about his injury. He wants to move forward. Obviously, he'll never forget it, but he's moving to something better and bigger. Same thing in our lives. Our identities in Christ, we're moving towards increased faithfulness and sanctification. We still remember God's faithfulness in our past, but that is not the thing we're thinking about the most. Because if it is, we're thinking about ourselves, and that is pride. Mm. We have to have our eyes fixed on Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, there you go. So hopefully that's an encouraging word for somebody today uh, as we uh, we move on from our, our injuries and, and also just the, the, the grace, too, that, that we don't have to live in our in our pa- in our past mistakes, um, yeah. that that we can we can move forward with with confidence and grace and forgiveness uh, and hope. So let, let's cling yeah. to that today for sure. All right. So the the big sports topic I want to get into today is the latest rumblings of the the proposed twelve team college football playoff. And you know, I think college football, even more than any other sport, it really does depend on who your favorite team is on your perspective of college football. And so for me, you know, I, I grew up more of an NFL fan than a college football fan. When I went to college and I went to app state, I became a huge college football fan. But when at, when I was at app state, we were in the FCS, the, the one double a division. And, and so I got into, you know, lower level 
college football, but App was winning championships, and we were going to the playoffs every year, winning four games and, and winning championships, and it was awesome. Week after week, winning games. We had home games in the playoffs. It was phenomenal. So I, cool. I was on the radio calling those games, and you can – I, I got to pull those clips because I was going nuts. Were you doing play-by-play? Play? I was doing play-by-play play in the wow. playoffs, and it was freezing cold. Uh, my, my, the guy that I was doing the game with, uh, Mike, still a great friend of mine, we were holding each other because we were outside calling <laughs> the games in the mountains, freezing cold in November, wow. right after Thanksgiving. We came back uh, from fa- Thanksgiving break early because of the playoffs were taking place, holding each other because we were freezing, cheering on our App State Mountaineers. So that's my experience. That's my perspective that I saw how great the playoffs in college football can be. And so now App State has moved up. They're, they're in the kind of the group of five uh, conversation, a part of the Sunbelt Conference. App State has done awesome in that conference, winning bowl game after bowl game. Uh, they're, they're one of the top prog- – App's one of the top winningest programs in the country since like 2014. App barely loses. But here's the thing. They very rarely have an opportunity, or, or they haven't yet, had the opportunity to compete for – a, a national championship like even if they go undefeated because you saw coastal carolina you saw you know uh teams like cincinnati and all the, you know some of these lower lower teams that that aren't in the sec or the big 10 or the acc that do have great records go undefeated and have great seasons they don't even get a chance to compete because they, they can't get in that conversation and they've done everything possible they can do that's it so so they've done it so so as an app guy i'm thinking all right there's going to be a year where we go undefeated and i want a chance at a national championship I want to be in the conversation. I want to get into, you know, the big dance or whatever we would call it. So the idea that 12 teams, that gives me hope. That gives me hope that app could sneak into this new potential format um, where they take six at-large teams. So that's why I am selfishly passionate about this. But also just as a general college football fan, this is more competitive. This is more intriguing than the bowl games. Those are one-and-done games. Because what happens? So now at the end of the bowl season, sure, we have a national champion. And then we have, what, 25 bowl winners? Then what? What does that mean? It, do, it doesn't mean yeah, anything. So I agree. If, you, if you win in the first round of the playoffs, now what does that mean? You play another game. You get another chance to keep your season going. And so that's why I'm intrigued. That's why I'm, I'm uh, excited about it. So if you're listening right now, wh- where do you come out on the college football expansion to 12 teams? Do you like that idea? Do you like how it's been where there's only been four teams? And guess what? It's only really been four teams. Clemson, Alabama, Oklahoma, and what? Georgia. I mean, who, yeah, that, that's Ohio State. So five teams. Um, that's what we've seen over the years. And, and to me, I'm tired of that. I want to see some new teams, and I want to see even the teams like Coastal that have the great season, give them a chance. Give them a chance. So there you go. So <clears throat> before I give my answer, before App State moved up, with, was there top heaviness of there's really only a few teams that could really win the postseason tournament and that um, watered down teams making the tournament? Did you did you see that at all? Because people will certainly say that about, oh, well, we really, really only three or four teams have a chance to win it every year. So why even include teams? Yeah, see, I, I, no, I don't buy I don't buy that. Well, it doesn't matter to me. It's it's still the the point of winning in the playoffs and having to win week after week and yeah. earning that against the tough teams, not just your easy schedule, Alabama and you, your little, you know, you play the Citadel and then you play Western and I know you beat the sec. That's fine. But then you just kind of walk into the championship and then all you have to do is win two games. I want to see Alabama win a couple games. I want to see them win win and earn it. And yeah. maybe you catch, you catch Alabama on an off game and, and coastal Carolina gets hot. I want to see it. I want to see the possibility, the chance of it. So here's the thing. I agree with you 100 million thousand, all of the percentage points. And I, and I, and that's me not being a group of five guy. You're an SEC guy. So tournament, you cannot convince, this should have been my, my convinced. You cannot convince me otherwise that there is something better than the tournament style of postseason play. Yeah. Hello. It's, it is NFL March madness right now. I don't. You may hate baseball all year, but the excitement of of the college college World Series that tournament style. We just saw Arkansas, number one team in the country, lose, and they're not going to the College World Series. If no matter what happens, you put teams into a tournament, it is 
unbelievable excitement. I don't care what teams are in it. One, right. there's even if there's no upsets, there's still excitement. Yeah, there's the excitement of scared. The excitement of yeah, the excitement of making the tournament, forcing a team. I don't care who they're playing, forcing a team to win, like you're saying, multiple games. And every year, group of five teams, they can do everything they want. Look, Coastal Carolina undefeated, and that they were ranked twelve. Like they actually can do nothing more. They have no chance to even make the college football playoff. Let's give them a chance. My heart goes out to them because I love the style of 12 Very teams. kind of you. No, no seriously, because heart goes out one, I love <laughs> – yeah, that sounded a little uh, condescending. Um, Very dramatic. But, but I like it. I appreciate it. But, like, these group of five teams, they don't have a chance in the current setup to make the postseason. Expand it. 12 teams is great. You have – the five Power Five conference champions, one group of five conference champion. I think they said the sixth highest ranked conference winners. I th- and, that, and that includes Power Five and then one, the highest ranked group of five conference winner automatically in. And then okay. the rest okay. are at-large bids. Okay. So six at-large bids, six conference champions. It's awesome. There's inclusion <laughs> to the tournament. You have teams that mid-majors group of five teams that would need expansion to be given a chance because we've seen no matter how successful they are they cannot they cannot get in because they don't have the strength of schedule as power five teams but they're good and then you have power five teams hey go ahead and win games win games prove yourself it's tournament as a fan it's exciting i love it and and i'm 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 not even saying that coastal would beat alabama no like even last year but the point was, I want to remove the uncertainty or the what if. We have to remove that what if. Because if you're only putting four teams in there and there are undefeated teams on the outside looking in, what are we supposed to do with that? You can't just say, oh, well, on paper, they're not as talented. They don't have as many five stars or they, their strength of schedule isn't as good. I want to see it on the field. And if they get blown out, fine. But, but let Alabama prove it. Let, let somebody prove it. And, and even if Coastal loses in that first round and they're playing a – I don't know how the, the ranking would work, the six, seven seed or however, however you, you, you do it, because there would be buys. And I'm okay with that. I'm even fine you know, with the top seeds getting a buy. You yeah. earn that in the regular season. Exactly. That's cool. That's fine. Um, and then you know, there are a lot of logistics to this, so I, I'm not going to get into all the, 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 uh, the financial decisions. There's a lot of that that they have to figure out. You know, players probably do need to get paid, which I've been banging the drum for that since I, w- I was personally in high school. So that's been a long time now. <laughs> it's been so long, uh, but I've been talking about that and it's, it's getting closer. It's getting closer. Um, but, but also the idea that too many games, well, build in more buys during the season and you could shorten the regular season. That's fine. You know, some of, I guess it's tricky because then what does that mean for the schools that aren't one of the 12? Um, and maybe there is a way you still incorporate the bowl games to where, that gives more teams an opportunity for that extra game that maybe you take away from the regular season in order to have the playoff. But again, when I was at App, we played all those games. We played four extra games from Thanksgiving on. We were playing, we were playing, and it actually it all ended right before Christmas break. It was the best. I would go home for Christmas break as a college student, as a national champion. I would go to Chattanooga, watch my Mountaineers win, and then I'd come home and get to you know talk to the South Carolina fans and the UNC fans, they weren't champions. They were playing in some bowl game, uh, and, and I was a national champion. So that was fun because of, of the playoffs. It was great. It's, so, it, it's a way go. better product. As a player, you want to be in a tournament. As a fan, you want to watch a tournament. Turn, the tournament style cannot be beaten, no. especially by bowl games. That's not to take away from teams that have won big bowl games, but come on. <laughs> oh, yeah, I went, I went to this bowl. Okay, but what does that mean? Who's going to remember that? No. We, we remember the tournament. We want to see the tournament. I'm like so again. My, my last comparison because my perspective. But apps won like four every bowl they've been in. They've they've won. So okay, great. All these great New Orleans bowls and whatever these bowls, the point setup, the Camilla Bowl, whatever they were. I still value the championships more. I value the national championships on the FCS level than the blowout wins that App had in the bowl games. So that's uh, so anyway. I, I I'm all about the playoff. Do you think all about the playoff? Do you think players would sit out less if there was a tournament? Because <clears throat> if you make a tournament, so for example, if you don't make the college football playoff and you make some bowl game, 
and you're an NFL prospect, you might you might you might sit out. Like, what are you doing? Why play a bowl game? Yeah. But if you make the tournament, are you really going to sit out? No chance. I don't think so. I don't think you can. That's yeah, because complete again, speculation games... on my end. But the tournament, <clears throat> you are in the tournament that has a chance at a national championship. But if you miss well, the college football playoff and you're in a bowl game, like what's in it? Besides it, that year, oh yeah, we won this bowl, cool. But you, it's, it's that's second class to whatever tournament is going on. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. So I uh, would love to know your thoughts as you're as you're listening, and, and those that listen to the podcast later, uh, you can email me Bryce at unpackingit.com. From your perspective, based on the college team that you root for, what do you want to see with a college football playoff? Keep it as is. What changes would you make? I know a lot of people say, "Hey, just go to eight. Well, that's fine, but that's like to me like a little baby step. Just go all in. Get, do twelve, do sixteen. Let's go. Let's make it. Let's make it really interesting. Let's keep these programs. You know more intrigue at the end of the year. Just like we talked about with the NBA play-in game or whatever they called it. The what, what was it? What was it called, Luke? I think I think just the play-in games. The play that was what it was called play-in games. But Maybe. yeah. So the play-in tournament. Um that was great because more teams were were interested at the end of the year instead of tanking and giving up on the year. That's what we want in college football as well. It makes those last few games so much more intense. Who's going to make the playoffs? Ah, oh, it'd be awesome. All right. So um I want to, before we do tap drill, before we bring Henry on, I, I want to go back to Sunday, which was yesterday. And I got something uh, to, to share, Luke, because I just, I just need to get it off my chest and I need to kind of unpack and process a, a little bit. Um, so here I am, uh, you know, new dad, new neighborhood. Uh, we just moved last year. So I'm still getting to know people in the neighborhood. And, and so what better way to meet people in the neighborhood than to go to the pool? <laughs> and, and so I grew up as a lifeguard, swim coach, so I love the pool. Maddie's loving the pool as well, my little daughter. She's, <laughs> she's enjoying it. So we have a big old time at the pool. Well, there are some interesting social dynamics that take place at the pool. <laughs> and especially now in this new stage of life that I'm in as a – as a dad, and, and this gives Jody a break, so she stays home. So it's just, it's just Maddie and I at the pool. And I'm a social guy. I like to meet people. I like to have conversations. And, and so a couple things popped up yesterday. First, as I scour the pool, I have to make the choice, who do I want to initiate conversation with? Hmm. Do I just swim and, and keep to myself and hang out with Maddie, or do I initiate and say hello to somebody? So the first step is who? <laughs> Who, who is that? Is it the, the knucklehead rough around the edges crew over here? Doesn't look like they have kids. Some of the conversation is questionable. Hmm. Probably don't want to bring Maddie over to that, right? Then you've got the, you know, kind of the older families with like the 10-year-old kids. Well, Maddie can't really hang with them, so that's, that's not going to work. So I saw a young couple with a, a, kind of a baby boy. I was like, all right. Uh, so I was kind of eyeing them down. Like, all right, how am I going to? come up to them and, and, and get this, get this conversation going. And so I'm thinking, all right, what's the first line? What's the first line? What do I do? What do I say? And so I go, Hey, how old's your son? <laughs> That's what I did. That's what I did from afar. You yelled that from afar. No, I went up to him. I, okay, I okay, like, okay. You kind of like wade in the water and you figure out what's yeah. the moment. When's the moment to actually, you know, break the ice and say hello. And so I, Hey, how old, how old's your son? And then, and so then the, the conversation from there, you know, you figure out, okay, what's your name? What's your son's name? And, and so then the wife comes over. So I met the dad and the wife comes over. And so it's a whole thing. And so we're, we're having a ni nice time, but here's the next question that, that comes up. When do you leave that conversation? Hmm. Because this is the first, this is the first time conversation. You're at the pool. I'm the one that came up to them. Do I, you know, what cue do I take that they're ready to just kind of swim on their own? Enough is enough. So I, I thought that I gathered that that moment. So then I'm I'm swimming kind of away. Maddie and I are doing our own thing, but then you kind of bump into them throughout the rest oh, of the afternoon. Yeah. Yep. So then you you ignite the conversation again. <laughs> it's like I kind of waited for them to ignite it, and it wasn't ignited again. It, I, so after the initial initiation on my part, it did not happen again until I left. So then I leave. So as I'm leaving, I said, "Hey, you know, it's real nice to to meet you," and. He had a, the, the son had a cool little toy that, that was, oh, no, nice toy. So then the dad goes, hey, 
do you want to trade toys? Now, the toy that Maddie and I brought was a Vortex, Nerf Vortex mm. football, mini football. Now, that's a yeah. good toy. That's a that's great a, toy at the pool. In general, it's a great toy. It's a great pool, toy anywhere. Yeah. I love it. I, I love Vortex. And so I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. I'm going to trade a Vortex for this spinny little button thing. Some lame toy. Wait, the he, dad asked to trade toys? The dad asked to So he he saw the cool Vortex, and he's trying to get in on my Vortex. And so what am I going to tell him? Oh, no, I, I'm not going to make that trade. Of course I have to make the trade. So we go home with the goofy little, you know, button toy, and I, I let go of the Vortex. And and so I'm, I'm questioning this decision. But thankfully— Wait, he asked to trade— yeah. What? So so it's his now. Yeah. Yep. Wait, so, is that is that normal? I have so many questions. So <laughs> many questions and observations here. So one, <laughs> that is that is crossing a social boundary to ask first, do you do you want that- to trade toys? Because again, you're in an you're in an unfortunate circumstance of if you say no, you're you're a jerk. Like it, no, I'm but you, text, thanks. Yeah, you have to say yes. But he's asking. He's gonna. He knows he's gonna keep it. You didn't exchange numbers. You're going home. He keeps the vortex. Yeah. And why is he asking to trade toys? That is a question that a child asks to a child. Yeah, yeah we gotta leave that. That's up to that's kids. not a dad to dad question. He's what st- are we doing here? That's right. You're oh right. man, that's a, that's a great observation. Oh my gosh, that is. Wow, that is just a social blunder on his part. Yeah, wow. What a yeah, that's a that's a tough move. So here's the thing. One, to initiate conversation, going back to your point, how do you initiate conversation? Yeah. I think a lot of that depends on if you are shirt off guy or shirt on guy. <laughs> because if you're a shirt off guy and you're just kind of slowly wading in the water, kind of oh, yeah. slowly wading up to someone, not a not a there's not an uncreepy way to do that. Especially if you're, wow. <laughs> yes, especially from afar, you're kind of like a shark, just kind of waiting. Your eyes are barely above the water. You come out, no shirt. That, that's a tough thing to do. So it's almost. Hey, kinda... what's your son's name? <laughs> yeah. So were were you shirt off guy or shirt on guy? Of course, I'm a, I'm a swimmer. One hundred percent. I used to have a speedo running around. You can't <laughs> that had to get you yeah. kicked out of the pool quickly. Yeah. So I can't do that today. I can't do that today. But so also, I just love. I love. I love studying social situations because they're fascinating. So the situation, this is not limited to the swimming pool. No. Because if you are figuring out when to leave a conversation, Mm. but you're staying in the same environment. So you know know you're going to bump in. So I I, I had that experience two nights ago. My, My wife and I are talking to our neighbors outside. Their neighbor I know. We're in front of their house outside. He walks to his car. I say, hey, how's it going? He walks back in. He walks back out. I'm thinking, do I say hey again? Do we kind of look at <laughs> each other, give a head nod, or do we fully ignore? We fully ignored. Oh, Fully ignored. We both committed to it. In your circumstance, do you – because if when you leave that conversation, do you want the next hour and a half of every time you look at each other, you have to maybe throw a wave or – uh, maybe a head nod. Maybe we talked about gestures. Maybe a salute. Maybe toss out the <laughs> the Bryce Jazz fingers, or do you just ignore? Because both are uncomfortable. To know that okay, we've already talked. Well, well, now I have to wave at you every time because then you're avoiding eye contact. Or do you just ignore like you have not talked all day? You walk past each other, head down. Don't 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 acknowledge. No. You go past the pool, swim the opposite direction. There, there is not a comfortable way. If you leave the conversation, you almost have to leave the pool. Um, we're done swimming today. We're done swimming. Well, the problem was, like, I was all out of questions, and, yeah. and I wasn't getting a lot of questions. You're back. not talking again. The, the, so conversa- the conversing dark. is over. The first initial, yeah. It, it's, it, yeah, it was, it was awkward. It was a little awkward toward the end. But then he was all, you know, hey, we'll stop by and drop off the toys. So it was kind of the leave behind. You know, it, this is an old uh, trick from the dating game where, you know, the, the old leave behind. Oh, I forgot my whatever. <laughs> yeah, George, George, George doing that, leaving yeah, his, uh, leaving his, the, the big Russian hat. That's right. So then you, the, the leave behind. So the toy swap turned out to be the leave behind because then on their way home back from the pool, they had to go buy our house and drop off the toys. So then we got one more interaction. 
This so was did, now on so my you, own territory. So you did get the vortex back. I did get the vortex back. Okay, huge. That's huge. So in, in conclusion, we got the vortex. We're good to go. And we may or may not have a new friend. It's still the jury's still out. You don't know. We don't we, <laughs> I think so, but I, I'm not I'm not hundred percent sure yet. Social situations are brutal. So my worst ever social situation was it, it's when you say goodbye to someone, but then you walk next to them in silence because you, you parked next to each other. <laughs> You've already made the goodbye. That's oh, the best. You give the hug, shake. Hey, good. See you later. Yeah, we'll see you later. But, oh, we've just parked next to each other. So do we? Ignite oh, yeah. So, yeah, that was really good. We already said goodbye. I guess it's the walk of silence. We already said our goodbyes. We're done talking. We're done. We're just going to have to embrace the horrendous situation we have lucked into. <laughs> it's silence now. So, so I tried to avoid that situation at all. I, I've happened Where before. Park? That's always a great question. I'll walk to the wrong car. Yeah. I will walk to. I'll walk the opposite direction. I didn't park here. Smart. I'm gonna walk to the. I'm gonna walk to the to the wrong car. I'll let you get in your car, and then I'll walk the hundred yards back to my car. That's I'm smart. not going to walk in silence after we've made our goodbye. It's too awkward, too painful. You yeah. got to avoid that. I, I'm in agreement on that. Yeah. All right, there you go. That's my uh, life quandary for the day. Uh, <laughs> just the uh, the life of Bryce and Maddie, Daddy and Maddie day. Uh, always an adventure. Always an adventure. All right, let's bring on Henry. It's time for Tap Drill. Let's tap around some fun topics in the sports world. Henry, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm good, but what's going on? And, and first, before we get into Tap Drill, let me say I am so glad that I have grown children. So I don't have to deal with all of this. I've got a 25-year-old son. I've got a 21-year-old daughter. And I have a, uh, I have a uh, son who's about to be, a youngest son who's about to be 13. So thank Jesus I ain't got to f- deal with none of that stuff. So now oh the, kids initiate, the kids initiate the conversation. Yeah, the kids initiate the conversation. As long as they don't do nothing illegal or if I don't have to hurt anybody else's parents, we're good. <laughs> there you go. I like <laughs> it. All right, boys, let's get into tap drill. Now, the first tap... We're going to go into the world of college football. We were talking about the college football playoff. One team that you will not see in the college football playoff is Michigan. Now, as we all know, Michigan has been the Michigan has been the footstool of Ohio State for the last God knows how long. So now in there, what they're trying to do, they're trying to create a new mantra to gear things up. Now, mind you, Ohio State has the better players, but now we have a mantra at Michigan talking about what have you done to beat Ohio State? Are you guys buying this? I like the focus because I think as a Michigan fan, the first step, you just want to beat Ohio State. Like before you start talking about national championships again, even Big Ten championships, it's let's beat Ohio State. That's the must. And and so the idea that they would eliminate the red Gatorade in their football program. No more red Gatorade. Any reminder of Ohio State is out. Good for Michigan. I like it. I think it's a great idea. I think it's important. I almost think you get to start with, hey, can we beat Michigan State first? <laughs> I mean, like, come on. Before we move on to Ohio State, can we beat some uh, a little some lesser teams in conference play? Because – that may be too large of a step to jump to. Ohio. I understand it's your rival. You've absolutely got to start winning that game. But man, how about we just start with Michigan State? Because even that has been that has been tough the past what five six years. Yep, absolutely. While Luke Heaton talking about you may not even be the best college football in your own state. I, I don't know. In the yeah. It's fair. It was fair. Let's go to the next one. Now we're going to go to the NFL, and we're going to talk about most recently retired Alex Smith. Alex Smith is drawing interest from CBS and Fox or as an analyst role. So what do you guys think about Alex Smith in the booth? Are we looking at a Tony Romo 2.0? Ooh, no, definitely not. That's a that's a rare feat. Uh, yeah. I, I think Alex Smith could be a solid analyst, um, but I – I think his story and the the way that fans respect him, I think he has instant credibility in the booth or or in a studio. He's likable. Everybody loves his story. So I think from that standpoint, there, there'd be a, a you know a certain amount of grace for him to develop his personality and to to develop as an analyst. Um, but but I'm not sure that he's that uh, charismatic 
or or interesting. Now, sometimes in the booth, you just want guys that are solid, like you know, straight lace, just kind of to the point, explain the play. You don't yeah. need all the the extra stuff. Um, whereas Romo has kind of perfected that that right balance. Uh-huh. Um, so anyway, so I, I I'm not sure that Alex Smith, like, oh man, what a funny guy or a cool guy or you know that kind of thing necessarily. Uh, or a big personality, but as far as knowing the game and being likable, yeah, I think he'd be a good analyst from that perspective. I, I'm not sure I've heard him talk enough to really. Uh, he certainly doesn't monotone. stick. He doesn't stick out as a a post game presser must listen. Sure. I think you almost would he be better in a college football setting with how much of a college football legend he is? Maybe like He's put a him legend at Utah. A legend? Oh yeah, he put Utah on the map. But, uh, so, that's, a, that's a stretch on the legend. I mean, he was the number one pick, so obviously he was he was awesome in college. I, from a Utah standpoint, he put the whole program on the map. If, if he was if he was the color guy for some Utah games, oh my gosh, he would be uh, the hero of the entire state. So I, I almost think I, I don't know. He's certainly not my first thought of okay, what what new guys do we need in the booth on the NFL broadcast? We, yeah, we, I agree. It's not rocket science. Let's let's. Let's keep the good stuff we have. We don't need to reach for any more guys. We reached for Jason Witten. That was horrendous. Oh, oh my God. Let's, let's proceed with more caution next time. A little more caution. I agree. <laughs> now, um, now, Alex Smith is actually going to be competing with guys like Joey Galloway and former USC quarterback Mark Sanchez for the job. So of those three guys, who are you picking to be an NFL analyst? Joey Galloway is okay, but he's fine with college football. I don't really think of him as an NFL guy, so I wouldn't necessarily want him in the NFL uh, conversation. And then Mark Sanchez, I- I'm sorry. I like, I, when, when you're attached to a famous play uh, that starts with butt and ends with fumble, um, probably not – you just kind of lose the credibility from the NFL fan. And listen, I don't. And, and Dan Orlovsky has overcome it because he's the guy that ran out of the back of the end zone, and yeah. to me, he's one of the best NFL analysts. So it is possible. Uh, but I think Sanchez, it, it would it would be tough. He he he'd be starting from the bottom. <laughs> I see what you did there, yeah. Orlovsky. <laughs> he basically ran into the flames head on. He has embraced the running out of the end zone. He retweets it. He posts it. It was in his bio on Twitter for a while. I think I think you he, he almost he he was able to step forward by taking many steps back. It, he acknowledged, "Hey, this is what I did. I'm not trying to be some bigger guy than I am. I'm not trying to ma- say that I'm some oh, well, yeah, besides that play, I was a beast." No. That happened, but now I've got some great things to say. Orlovsky Orlovsky has made an awesome career for himself. With the big 3 you said, I think just roll the dice. Neither of them are game changers. So, yeah. I, I'm not sold on it. I'm not that sounds like a little weak uh, of a of a crew. They're trying. To, I think they're trying to replace Rich Gannon on CBS. Yeah. That's yep. the opening. Um, yeah, uh, let's let's see let's see who else is out there. Dan Olarski, the pride of Shelton, Connecticut High School. I like oh, yeah. it. All right, Henry in right. Connecticut. I like it. Yeah, and and you want to talk about a legend? He is also a UConn legend, which isn't really saying much. But anyway. Let's moving on as far as football is concerned. Going on, we're going to Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell says he would never, ever play for Andy Reid. Now, mind you, he, he, he cleaned up his statement saying that he loved this time in Kansas City, but <laughs> he never wants to play for Andy Reid. Now, are, are you guys going to cry over the fact that, Andy, um, that Le'Veon Bell is now a free agent? All right, let me just say this. Le'Veon Bell threw his career away when he decided to hold out and leave Pittsburgh. That was the biggest mistake for him. He was one of the great young running backs, uh, you know, really prime of his career, not even young, just prime of his career. And I I actually thought last year, like, that he could have had a role in Kansas City. And, and I even thought he was playing okay, but it just didn't seem to be the right fit. And so for whatever reason, him and Andy Reid weren't on the same page and, and, and Bell just hasn't been able to thrive since leaving Pittsburgh. And, and so it's a Le'Veon Bell problem, not an Andy Reid problem. Andy Reid has developed tons of running backs. Guys have thrived in his offense. So I don't, don't give me the, the, the criticism of Andy Reid. That's on you, Le'Veon. And I actually picked him up in fantasy last year. I remember paying $10 on the waiver wire. That was a waste of $10 on my part. So that's a me problem and a Le'Veon problem, not an Andy Reid problem. Yeah, that's 
That's not an Andy Reid problem. I mean, it's not like Bell got benched for a scrub. Clyde Edwards, Clyde Edwards Alaire is a beast. Solid, solid. So here, especially in this NFL. So yeah, that's that's Bell's fault. Like I won't knock him for wanting more money. Hey, that's what he wanted to do, sir. Sure, I'm going to knock him for it. But I I will knock him if he does not. Like if he did not understand the risk he was taking, like, Hey, you want to get more money? Great. Go for it. You've played awesome. If you think you deserve more money, awesome. But if you, you better realize there is some significant risk to this. And if it doesn't work out in your favor, it, 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 you may be shooting yourself in the foot. And that's exactly what happened. He left Pittsburgh and it's been a disaster relative to the level he was playing at. So it didn't pay off. So I, yeah, again, I won't knock him for wanting more money, but there was risk, and it did not work out. Now he threw his he threw his life away, Bryce. Not because he held out. He held out to play for the Jets. This is career. This is career. I'm not saying he threw his life away. That's so he threw his life away, Henry. Let's not let's not jump to that conclusion. As a side note, he is unbelievable at basketball. Clips of him playing pickup, very impressive. Just had to throw that in there. All right, boys. Last topic, and as Mike Greenberg would say on his show, I insist. We talk about golf. So uh, one of the writers of ESPN says that let's not overthink this. You've got a good thing going here. Let's put Brooks and Bryson in the same group for the U.S. Open. We get two We got at least two days of messy, petty drama. So what do you think of Brooks versus Bryson for the first two days of the U.S. Open? Well, Luke, have they announced the groupings? So the, have, no. have they, well, when do they not, announce? The not that I've seen. Um, probably in the next couple of days, but they haven't yet. It's usually it's definitely uh, probably today or tomorrow. I'd imagine if they have not announced them yet. Here's the thing. My answer is yes. I mean, come on, let's get rid of the vanilla golf storylines. We need golf. Come on, we need this. Yeah, golf is great. It's yet. more storylines. Obviously, I'm not. I would never support genuine hatred of people like, oh, I hope they keep hating each other. No, it'd be great if they reconcile. But for the sake of just excitement, people want to see. Here's the thing. Sports is entertainment. To an extent, you got to give the people what they want. People want Brooks and Bryson. Now, as an asterisk to that is if Bryson and Brooks, I'm not sure how much that would affect their individual play. If I'm a player, maybe it's a distraction to be with someone that I do not like. And then the whole storylines are made about that. But from an entertainment standpoint, the people want it. So give it to them. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely. It's great for fans. And, and the idea that when you play golf, you're, you're obviously competing against the whole field, but when you're playing alongside someone that, that goes up a notch because you can see every, every shot. Yeah. Otherwise you're just hearing or getting updates on what other golfers are doing. Uh, so that that of course intensifies the round and the day and and the rivalry. So and they're 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 themselves adding fuel to the fire. So oh, they are. It's I mean, not like, it's not like the, it's it's not just a fan. Isn't it? It's not just a fan created narrative. Bryson and Brooks are both going at each other on social media. Oh yeah, they're, so they're stirring the pot. Let's see impaired. USGA, you don't gotta overthink it. Hey, we had Phil. We had oh, we had Phil and Tiger. Uh, decades ago, hey, you got you got them pettiness right here. Don't <laughs> overthink it. I know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's right. That's your tap drill, boys. Awesome. Thanks, Henry. Great job, Luke. Awesome show. Uh, this was uh, this was a blast today. So I appreciate you guys. Uh, thanks everybody listening. Uh, those that listen live, those that listen later on the podcast. Uh, don't forget, man up, Charlotte, this Saturday. Kind of my last time uh, announcing it here on the show. Uh, I'm not sure if we'll do a Monday show next week following man up. We'll see how tired I am, but hopefully we'll be back uh, on Monday to, uh, to recap the U S open and father's day weekend and man up and all that. So uh, be sure to check out manupcharlotte.org. Uh, also the devotional later today, will go out, unpack this about Dak Prescott and moving forward from injuries. And so be encouraged that, uh, that through Christ we can, we can move forward. We have a new life in him and we don't have to dwell on the past and dwell on our past mistakes or dwell on our past uh, injuries or, or past pain and continue to live in that pain that we can experience healing through him. So that's what we got for today here on the unpacking it live podcast. I'm Bryce Johnson. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. 
I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected, and through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day. Have a great week. We will talk to you next time right here on the Unpacking It Live podcast. For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.